Okay, let's get this web conference underway. Tēnā koutou katoa, greetings everyone, haere mai, and welcome to the Sustainable Seas Virtual Field Trip, which is during Sea Week, perfectly timed. And you're here alongside Ohiwa Harbour. And we're, we're hiding in a little shelter at the moment because it's raining. I can see little drops of drizzle on the laptop, unfortunately, <laughs> but we're doing our best to uh, make it all happen for you this morning. And we've even got kayaks booked so that we can get out on the harbour, apparently between thunderstorms. So our day may change if those thunderstorms arrive. But a big hello to Kura, our expert for today. And Kura, tell us a little bit about your work. Kia ora koutou, tamariki mā, minga kayako. I'm a marine researcher at the University of Waikato and also a project leader under the Tangaro Programme for Sustainable Seas. Kia ora. And you're going to find out about some of the exciting work that Kura is involved in today as we kayak out to one of her experiments out on the harbour and we have a look at muscle lines and try to pull those up. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, we're hoping that it doesn't rain too much because we're going to get very wet. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great day though, looking forward to exploring the harbour. So welcome along to our listening schools and our speaking school, Brooklyn School. Um, unfortunately, we can't hear them this morning. Um, so we will ask their questions on their behalf. And our listening schools, you'll get an opportunity to ask extra questions at the end of this formal web conference. Alrighty, we'll get started, Brooklyn School, with your questions. Can we have question number one, please? So this is from Jack. Number one, is the arena oil spill still affecting the wildlife in New Zealand? Well, it just so happens that I am one of the scientists that dives the arena. Uh, to and I dive it to monitor the impact of of it on the marine environment at Otaiti or Astrolab, just off Motiti Island. When the arena occurred, the oil spill had an immediate and significant impact on wildlife all throughout the region. After all, the arena is the worst maritime disaster in the history of Aotearoa, New Zealand. I can tell you now that as big as the arena is, uh, as big as the, the arena wreck is, the reef of Otaiti or Astrolab is bigger. Large parts of the wreck are now covered, just covered with marine life that have taken over the wreck. And from my experience, the Modi or the life force of the reef is very strong. There is life everywhere. However, what the long-term impacts of the wreck are on the reef and its surrounding environments is something we don't quite know yet. Thank you. Kia ora. Kia ora, kia ora. So uh, it's pretty interesting stuff and, and being able to talk to someone that's dived these wrecks is, is very cool. Um, being close to almost celebrity status. There wouldn't be that many people that get to, that close to uh, wrecks <laughs> such as that. Must be a good diver, kia ora. Okay, question number two now, please. This is from Jordan. We are more aware that plastic is polluting our oceans. Is what we are doing making a difference? And I'm wondering whether that's the good things we're doing or the bad things, or both. Well, you know, it is estimated that approximately 8 million tonnes of plastic pollution ends up in the ocean 
every year. And I, I like your question because I think it's really important to know that every little thing we can do, you, me, Shelly, every little thing that we can do to reduce plastic pollution in the environment is making a difference. Whether it's not using a plastic straw and deciding to have no straw at all, that actually makes a difference. So keep working on using less plastic every time you make a decision to not use plastic and not let it be in our environment, you're helping our world. And what we've got to remember with these huge problems that we're faced with these days, they've come about by little actions from all of us. You know, we've all used a little bit of plastic here and there over a few years and it's building up. So if we just use a little bit less, it'll decline. So we've all got a powerful role to play because little bits can make a big difference because it's been little actions that have led us to big problems and little actions that can solve those problems as well. That's kaitiakitanga. Kaitiakitanga indeed. We've all got a role to play. Brilliant question, thank you. Question number three, please. This is from Toby. Are there more whale strandings happening and are we as humans making that happen? Mm, good question. Elf kind of wondered the same thing, Cuba. Um, strandings uh, is a natural phenomenon that has occurred for thousands of years. They could, and they could happen for a number of reasons for, while the whales strand. The whales could be old or they could be sick. However, sometimes boat noise from humans, such as sonar, can disrupt a whale's ability to communicate with the rest of the pod, to feed or even to navigate, to figure out where it's going, which can cause them to strain. So yes, uh, we, may, we are sometimes responsible and also it happens as well. Mm, so a natural phenomenon, but you know we're we're part of the environment too. So our actions are going to impact on everything within it. Something something to consider, but it's it's always pretty tragic to see whales stranding. But yeah, it is. We need to remember that sometimes it just happens as well. Okay, question four, please. This is from Guy. Where is the place whale strandings are happening the most? And why do you think this is? And I wonder if there have ever been any Ohiwa, just adding my bit there. There have. Uh, in Ohiwa, um, we have had pilot whales strand here. And, but um, mass strandings can occur throughout the year, but uh, generally they take place in the summer months more often in the summer months. And the long fin pilot whale is the most frequent strander who, who we've had strand here in Ohiwa uh, a few times over the years, unfortunately. Because pilot whales travel in groups of 10 to six and even sometimes can come together in thousands, like a huge whanau, an iwi or a pod. Uh, when one individual strands, the others stay, just like a whanau. They stay to try to help or to be with that member, and they usually end up stranding as well. It's very sad. Mm. And really interesting to hear that it often happens in summer. Mm. I reckon there could be um, a bit of research that could be done on that. You guys, as scientists, might be able to do re research in the future about whale strandings, and you might find out something that's really important, and it might even help reduce strandings, especially if they're ones that are caused by people. So something to strive for. Question number five now, please. 
This is from Leroy. Which animal species do you notice the most is declining? Well, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, um, there are a number of threatened or at-risk species or animals, at risk of extinction. Did you know that 90% of all seabirds in New Zealand are threatened? Also, 22% of marine mammals, marine mammals like dolphins and whales, which we just talked about. Also, 9% of sharks and stingrays or eagle rays are also threatened. So there are a lot of species that are declining here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, including shellfish like the green lip mussel and algae or seaweed. But there is good news. The southern right whale and the New Zealand fur seal, or sea lion, sorry, their numbers are improving. So there's some not good news, but there is some good news as well. Mm, and you might want to discuss with your class the reasons why perhaps uh, the right whale and the sea lion is increasing in numbers. It's probably something to do with human activities. Have a think about that. And then maybe what human activities we could change that helps those other species that Kura talked about. We, we do have a big responsibility here in Aotearoa because we have so many uh, species that are endemic, only found here. So we, we have to be the kaitiaki for those species. Okay, next question, please. Next one is from Amelia. What evidence do you have that pollution is affecting the animals in New Zealand's ocean? That's a great question. I like that question because you ask for evidence. In 2019, just last year, the Ministry for the Environment released a report. It's called Marine Environment 2019. But that report identified pollution as the second main threat to our coasts and oceans. Uh, at the res and further, a research project uh, that was taken last year surveyed 44 beaches throughout Aotearoa, New Zealand, and found that plastic, plastic pollution made up three-fifths of all litter on beaches, which sometimes then washes into our sea. So alongside litter on beaches, another study was done, which also looked at water quality, which found that sedimentation was 200 times higher than it was 10,000 years ago. So I like that you asked for evidence. Mm, great scientific skills there, looking for evidence. And next question, please. This is from Asha. How much of our oceans are still unexplored? How many species do you think there may be undiscovered? Mm, good question. That is a huge question. Ten years ago, it was estimated that as much as 95% of the world's ocean and 99% of the ocean seafloor were unexplored. That's how little we know about our moana, our marine environments. And there are so many different types of habitats in the marine, in the ocean space, from shallow estuaries like the Wahapu or Ohiwa, like Ohiwa Harbour, and to the deepest parts of the ocean where it has been estimated at over 10,000 metres below sea level. 10,000 metres down to the bottom of the ocean. That's really deep. When you dive in the ocean, the deeper you dive, the darker, the slower, the colder 
and the quieter it gets. Imagine how dark it would be at 10,000 meters. Here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, approximately 80% of our total biodiversity can be found in our ocean. And of the 1,500 species that we know about in Aotearoa, 6,600 of them are endemic. What Shelley just talked about, the only place in the world where they grow in the wild. Wow, that's a lot to consider, isn't it? I'm really starting to imagine those deep, dark parts of the ocean and how little we know about them. Gosh, there must be some crazy looking creatures down there that are adapted to those dark environments. Could be a good art project, that one. Okay, next question, please. This is from Petra. Can you tell us more about seaweed, what it's made of, and how important it is to the food chain? Mm, often underrated seaweed. Seaweed, algae, is amazing. I just want to say that. Some people call it macroalgae, and there are three types, three main types of algae. There's the red one, the green one, and the brown ones. So within the brown group, there are all sorts of seaweeds or algae that are all colored shades of brown. So three main types of algae, red, green, and brown. And ohiwa, oh, sorry. Oh, I've just lost my, my thought process for just a second. What happened? But algae is real similar to, plant, to plants and trees that grow on land or terrestrial parts. Instead, but instead of roots, algae or seaweed, they have what they call a hole fast. Roots grow into the soil and, and receive nutrients from the soil to help the tree grow. Hold fast on algae is like fingers or claws that glue onto the rock so when the ocean currents and swell come, it doesn't blow or be pushed away. So they're different, but in a way similar. Mm, good that they have that hold fast or they'll just float away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question please. So just um, the other part of that was how important uh, the seaweed is. Oh yes, you're right. Uh, Seaweed, algae is super important to the food chain. Um, they provide essential nursery habitats for little juvenile baby fish like snapper and help to protect and nurture food resources and other, and as well as other planktonic algae, which is almost microscopic, um, which plays a vital, vital role in capturing carbon, which produces up to 90% of the Earth's oxygen. Algae, seaweed totally underrated. Mm, indeed. Now I'm noticing a bit of a wind at my back here at Ohiwa Harbour, so I hope that wind's not affecting the microphone too much. Um, I'm sure Barry will let us know if you can't hear any answers. Uh, but we're up to question nine, please. We can hear you loud and clear, but we can hear the wind as well. That's right. Question nine. How many species of fish are there around New Zealand? That's from Caden. Maybe have you got a favourite as well? A favourite fish? My favourite fish is haku or the kingfish. And the reason it's my favourite is because I go out to, well, we used to go out to Fakari White Island. That's my favourite place to dive in the whole world. And, um, and there are huge schools of kingfish out there. In summer, they come up shallow so you can see them. And in winter, they go down. 
but in Aotearoa, we have the fourth largest ocean territory in the world. Our ocean territory is 14 times larger than our whole country. And we have over 1,000 different species of known. I go like this, known fish, because we don't know everything about our ocean. And of that, of those 1,000 species of fish in Aotearoa, 110 of them are native or endemic to Aotearoa. Wow, this is actually really inspiring me to learn how to dive. I've never got my scuba ticket, I've done snorkeling and stuff, but your stories are amazing. <laughs> I really should take up um, diving to try and find some of these things myself. It might be something that you look into as well, um, getting some snorkel skills, some good water skills, so that later on you can get some scuba skills. It's a whole whole world out there that we don't think of unless we get into it. Good stuff. Last question, please. This is from Zoe. Are boats affecting New Zealand's wildlife, I presume ocean wildlife, and if so, how? Yes, boats are. Um, but it depends. In areas where there are a lot of boats, uh, a lot of boat traffic that can stir up the bottom with all the so on the bottom of your engine on the bottom of the boat motors they have a thing called a propeller which swishes around and around that helps drive the boat as that propeller or the props are spinning around and around it stirs up the bottom of the ocean or the estuary uh, in shallow areas which is then creates all the sediment in the water which stops sunlight from coming through to the algae, our favorite cool species seaweed that we just finished talking about. If they can't get sunlight, they can't photosynthesize. Who knew? Everything is connected. Too many boats, not good for our ocean. Mm. Yep, it's just quite a lot of us so that we need to start thinking about different ways to do things because all our impacts are adding up. Okay, great questions, Brooklyn School. Thank you so much for sending those in. And I'm really sorry that your, your microphone didn't work today for you. Sometimes technology just doesn't play, play ball, um, but you no doubt heard all the answers. And thank you so much, Kura, for such great answers this morning. So we'll, we'll stay online for just a little bit because we've got, you can see over here, kayaks. So we've organised our kayak trip. We're trying to get it in before the thunderstorms hit. So we'll, we'll spend five minutes answering some questions. And if you've got more questions, uh, remember you can join us again tomorrow at 9.15 for the next web conference. And hopefully we'll be all teched up and ready to go and be able to answer all those questions. So we'll, we'll choose a couple. We're just opening our chat window. Or maybe Barry, you've probably yeah, had a better I'll do it because there was one early. So Helen's class, room 14. How are stingrays important in our ocean? They say they have a lot in Pilot Bay where they are. Ah, stingrays and eagle rays are amazing. From a Māori perspective, rays, uh, Fai is the Māori name for stingray, and Fai Repo is the name of her cousin, eagle ray. So Fai and Fai Repo are known as kaitiaki, or guardians of shellfish. If humans are collecting too many or too much shellfish, our, our kaitiaki fai and fai repo will come along and swoosh around. They are the protectors and they help us to remember not to be too greedy. Mm, that, that's really good to know and that's such amazing looking creatures as well. They're my favourite. I have lots of favourites. Very, a few more questions. Yeah. 
Ellie at the Red Ringer School, is the mud on the sea floor of the harbour good or bad for a sea lot? Is it not all is, it, is the mud on the seafloor good or bad? Oh, the mud on the seafloor is a whole new world. Some people think that the mud is just dead mud, but inside that mud is a whole new community. If this was the bottom of the seafloor, the bottom of the harbour at Ohiwa, if you were to go down, this area here is, has oxygen, and it's a darker colour, and it's oxygenated mud. And there's worms, all sorts of species live there. Pippies burrow down and hide there. All sorts. And, there, and so do cockles. But then if you go below that, this is called the deoxygenated area, where there's no oxygen. And there's all sorts of crazy-looking worms. It's amazing. The mud is good for our harbour. Indeed, don't dismiss that mud. Oh, thank you. Um, one from Odette here. How would the harbour cope if one vital species like mussels died out? That's from Eden at Te Riringa School. Ah, yes. If you had a jigsaw puzzle and you missed one and you lost one piece, your puzzle wouldn't be complete. Mussels are incredibly important to the ecosystem of Ohiwa Harbour. In fact, every estuary in the country of Aotearoa. We need mussels because they increase biodiversity, they help clean the water, and also from an ecological perspective, but also culturally, they are a tonga species for generations and generations of Māori. Mussels would be huge if they disappeared. Yeah, very important that we protect our mussels and, and as you said earlier, not being greedy about how many we collect to eat so that we've still got some in the future. Okay, we'll answer two more questions. If you're able to change something that is happening to our moana, what would that be? That's from Isabella from Tiriringa School. Isabella, pai to What a great question. If there was one thing I could change, it's such a big question. I think I would change the activities that we humans do on the land because that flows into our rivers, which flows into our estuaries, which flows into our oceans. Everything in the world is connected. So I would change, can I change two things? I would change what we did on the land and I would also change um, our fishing practices. Mm, yeah, because people have thought about things like fishing, but it's it's really strange to think that it's only recently that people have started to realise that it's what we do on land that affects our oceans as well. Really good point. Okay, last question, please. Um, Dina or Sinner from Tereringa School. Are marinas and moorings and anchors bad? Do they harm our sea life or do they provide some good? Um, that's a yes and no question. Yes, they are bad. Anchors are bad when boats drop their anchors and then the boat and the anchor drifts or is pulled along the bottom because it destroys all the, the animals and species that are, that are in its way. But um, ones that are fixed to the bottom and don't move, they actually can provide some good because species like mussels grow on them. 
and they become a habitat, they become a hard surface for shellfish and other species to attach to and live. So yes, they're good, and yes, they're bad. Yeah, not, not clear cut, it's a little bit tricky. Awesome, thank you so much, Kura. I know I've learned heaps this morning, and I'm sure everybody else has as well, and you might have inspired not just me to scuba dive, but other people as well. Whole great big world of ocean out there for us to explore and to look after. Thank you very much to our listening schools, and thank you for your patience this morning as we tried to get underway and our tech didn't quite let us. Uh, and remember, you can join us tomorrow for the next web conference at 9:15. But in the meantime, we'll let you unmute your microphones and we'll say a big goodbye. Kakite ano? Bye, guys. Kakite. Hi. I've unmuted everybody. Bye guys. Well done. Have a great day. Namahi nui, and that brings our webinar to an end. Bye guys. Have a good one.